0: I invite you this morning to imagine with me another time, another place, far out on a dry and desert road. Probably wouldn't be too hard as we've gotten our heat um, and humidity coming up again here. I'm feeling a little chilly with the AC. But I want you to imagine this road and it's a hot day, so much hotter than it is here in Florida. And there's a man walking. And it's strange for him because he knows he's supposed to be there, but he doesn't know why. And maybe you felt that way sometimes, like you didn't have quite enough information that you needed for the situation that you were in. Maybe you wanted to build a cabinet. You wanted to get a bookshelf set up. Anyone, has anyone ever gotten one of those sets from Ikea? Anyone tried it? Yes, we're laughing. It's rough. Some of you are saying, that's easy for me, no problem. But I get that, and I look at it, and I'm saying, oh, I need. I have this and that, and I know this is supposed to be step by step, but I feel like something's missing. Maybe some of you are good with that, but you come to cooking or baking and you're going through the list and and then there's a part that just seems vague and it says something like a word that you may not use, like broil or marinate that and then add it in. And you're saying, okay, what temperature, Uh, how much heat, how long? What what all do I need to do here? Have you ever been in a situation, maybe in school, your teacher said, oh, just go ahead and solve this problem, get this done, and you're sitting there saying, but I need some more information. (laughs) I feel stuck right now. That's how he feels. He's walking down this road. He knows he's supposed to be there, but he doesn't know why. And he has a while to walk, and as he's walking, he's thinking and he's thinking back over everything that's happened in this last year because it's been a crazy year. A lot has changed. When he thinks back on on who he was before, he used to kind of be a normal person and maybe religion was was a part of his life. But then he heard about Jesus and Jesus went from being this this part to, to something that just consumed everything and he met all these amazing people, and they started having potluck together, and they started meeting every night and doing things together in this amazing community, and stuff was happening. He saw people healed. He saw people that were always there that struggled with something, and then he saw them again, and they were different. And it was exciting, and it was moving in this trajectory, and then everything changed again. Because yes, things had been going well, but there had been, been some issues, but throughout that time, people had been talking. And we know that, don't we? Especially in, in large communities. There's always people listening, and sometimes it's like the walls have ears. And he had, he had been sensing that. Even with everything going well, he, he saw some people kind of back there watching this movement. All these people, they called themselves The Way, the followers of The Way. And they kind of had their arms crossed. And they looked at them with suspicion. And he noticed how things started changing. Because he had some friends, and they were, they were set, seven of them, to help with a special project in the church, an issue that they'd been having. And he, he, they all got to work together, but one of them started to stand out. And he, he didn't know how to keep a low profile. He didn't know how to keep things on the down low. He was just so excited. And so he started talking more and more about this Jesus, about this change that had come in his life. And this man, he's walking down the road and he's remembering his friend. And he's remembering how he started noticing that when his friend would go places, when he would meet up with his friend, he started to get a strange sensation. Before they would just meet up and they would talk and pray and it was great, but he remembered that one day when he met up with his friend and they were walking and they went to the market and he started to get the eerie sense that he was being watched. And the hair on the back of his neck kind of started to stand up and he would look around and he wouldn't see anybody. But he just couldn't shake the feeling. And his friend just seemed fine. No problem, we're good, we just keep on going. And his friend gets more and more powerful. And he started preaching about Jesus. And he started going up to people that had been sick for a while. And after his friend left, they would be healed. And people would come up, some of those people in the background, right? They started coming forward and saying, hey, I don't think that's accurate actually. I think, I think this is what actually, this is what our, our scrolls say, this is what it would say. And he was so good, he would say, actually all these prophecies point to someone named Jesus. He's real and he came and all of this. But things escalated to the point where he remembered that day when he felt they were being followed. And next thing he knew, his friend was taken and he was brought before a council And he didn't want to think about everything that had happened after that. But he missed his friend a lot because his friend had died. And on that day that his friend died, everything changed for their group. They all had to leave. He remembered as he walked, as as he had to gather up his stuff, and he didn't really know where he would go. He didn't have a GPS, but he he just went somewhere. And he knew that God was good, and he knew that God was leading, and he went, he found himself in this town. And as he was in the town, things started happening because he knew Jesus. And so he couldn't help but talk about Jesus everywhere he went. And so he talks about Jesus. And then things in that town started changing. Everything was changing this year. He started seeing miracles, people being healed, celebrities, People that, that no one thought, no one ever thought, would be interested in God. The top, the top musicians, the, it was like the top rapper, whoever, decided to follow Jesus. And he was so excited because he just loved it. Even though all those hard things had happened, it was just so amazing to be there. And so he's walking on this road and he's thinking, this morning I woke up and I had like 10 Bible studies. I had all these things I was going to do, but why am I here? Because he finds himself not where he thought he would be that day, not where he thought he would be at that moment. He finds himself far away on a desert road. If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to open them up as we pick up in this story with a man. And I wonder if anyone knows the man's name. Can anyone guess who our traveler is? Philip. The man's name is Philip. And we can read about Philip in Acts chapter eight. In Acts chapter eight. And as you turn there, I'd like to pray one more time. Dear Father, thank you for the precious truths in your word. Thank you for the beauty of Jesus. Thank you for your spirit who makes it come alive to our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. We praise you and we open ourselves to hear your word and receive it in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be in Acts chapter eight, but I invite you to actually start a few chapters before for context to figure out how this story even gets set up in Acts chapter one. Anyone who was here last week, we told this story about Jesus washing his disciples' feet, and then we know that he went to the cross, he died, he was resurrected, and he went back to heaven. But right before he went to heaven, he had some important things to tell his disciples. And we see this in Acts chapter one. This is what Jesus told his disciples. Acts chapter one, verse four. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? I read that and I think, well, that seems kind of random. Jesus is about to go back to his father, and there's so many things on his heart, and they're saying, Lord, so we've been waiting this whole time. Is this now the time that you're going to kick out the Romans and you're going to set up everything and it's gonna be so great? And Jesus says to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. What would be your most pressing question? They're saying this is the biggest thing on their hearts. This is what we most need to know. And today we might be coming and if we could sit down and see Jesus and meet with him right here, we might ask some things similar to the disciples. We might say something like, Lord, when is this pandemic going to stop? Lord, when is normal going to happen again? Lord, when can I stop wearing a mask? Lord, when is this going to change? Lord, when are you coming back? And those are big questions. They're real questions. They're pressing questions. But Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You're concerned about all these things, but what I want to tell you is this, I have given you my spirit. He lives inside of you. And he says, you will be my witnesses. So many times we use language like, I'm going to go out and witness today, right? I'm gonna go out witnessing, or maybe you did grew, grew up and heard that. But I think about there's certain foods that I eat and they always make me a little bit nervous. Does anyone like garlic here? Anybody, when you eat garlic or onions, what happens afterwards? You brush your teeth, but it's still kind of there. Or even a worse one is peanut butter. I love peanut butter. I love peanut butter sandwich with bananas, all that type of thing. But I always have to make sure that I get some serious toothpaste, really brush my teeth before I go out, even with a mask. Because I feel, I feel that even with a mask, you might be able to smell it, right? Or something would happen that I have to take off my mask and it's not gonna be a good situation. When you eat a food like peanut butter or garlic and you walk around, you're almost like a walking advertisement to that food. Whether you want to be or not, they should probably pay you because you're just like, I'm Jif, it's here, it's in the house, or garlic, go go to a neighborhood Walmart, it's here. Whether you say anything or not, you're a witness to that thing. And Jesus is saying, when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you are a witness. Whether you realize it or not today, every single one of you, you are a witness. It's not something that turns on and off, it's not something that starts and stops, And stops right now in this moment in this pew you are a witness because you've experienced jesus and because what did we learn in the previous weeks when we believe in jesus as our savior we are sealed with the holy spirit he lives inside of us so jesus says you're going to be my witness and so philip even though all these hard things had happened and his friend Stephen had died and been stoned, even though Philip had to go off to Samaria, a foreign town, he went and he was sent. He lived sent because he knew that God lived inside of him. He knew that Jesus was so good, he had a message he wanted to share. And so in Acts chapter eight, when an angel told him in verse 26, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. That's all the angel said. Didn't say what he'd do when he got there. Didn't say who he was going to meet. He didn't tell him anything other than that. But Philip trusted, so he started out. And so he's on this road, and he's thinking, and he's probably praying, and he's thinking back over all that we talked about. And what we don't know, what Philip doesn't know, is that someone else is on that road. Because here's the deal, God is at work in the world around us. There is nowhere that you go that Jesus hasn't already gone before you. Every place that you go, the spirit is doing things, he's moving, he's stirring. And so Philip is coming from here, and he's praying, and he's thinking about whatever. And coming from over here is this Ethiopian eunuch, this man coming from another country. And what Philip doesn't realize is that the eunuch is reading the Bible, except they didn't call it the Bible then. And you know what passage he's reading? He's reading a verse about Jesus, about his death, about how he suffered. But he doesn't really understand it because it, it doesn't make sense. And he's reading it. And so here it comes. Just imagine, right? He's coming and he's reading. And during this time, you didn't really read quietly that I understand. That wasn't a thing. When you read, you read aloud. And so he's reading it. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth, right? Just like how Jesus was quiet during his trial. And he talks about all of that. That's what he's reading. And so Philip is over here. All right, Holy Spirit, you're telling me to go. I don't know what to do. And then we come to step two. He comes up and he must have seen a puff of smoke. He saw the chariot because verse 29, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Life with Jesus, life with the Holy Spirit is such an adventure. You never know what's going to happen. And so God just gives Philip step two. He doesn't tell him anything else. I just want you to go up to that chariot and stay by it. Can you imagine you're walking at Crane's Roost? Well, let's, let's take a step back. You get up in the morning, you're going to go to work, and God says, no, I want you to go to Crane's Roost. So you're like, okay. So you get up and you go to Crane's Roost, and you don't know what to do, so you start walking. And God says, you see that person over there walking the two, the two little corgis? Yeah, yeah, I see them, God. I just want you to go kind of like walk behind them. Okay. So you go and you start walking and you feel a little awkward because there's not many people there. It's early in the morning. That's what God tells Philip to do. I want you to just go up to that chariot and stay near it. He goes up and that's when he hears the words of Isaiah. And this is where I don't know if God told Philip what to say or if he just kind of improvised, but he, he had a great opening line. Do you understand what you're reading? That's like boldness. That's not what I typically start with when I see someone. Do you understand that? Do you understand what you're reading? There's a lot of faith right there, but Philip believed, he believed that the spirit was in him. He believed that he was being sent for something even though he didn't know what. And the crazier part is that God had prepared this other man's heart to the point where he just responded. How can I, he said, verse 31, unless someone explains it to me. So we invited Philip up to come and sit with him in the chariot. We kind of laughed about this and we said at first service too. This definitely is a different time, right? This is pre-COVID. You don't even know this person. Just come right up in my chariot. But it's beautiful because when the Holy Spirit sets something up, you never know what's going to happen. He reads and then it's perfect. The eunuch asked Philip, verse 34, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself? or someone else. And Philip can barely contain himself because he's just been waiting for this moment. And so the man says, who is this talking about? And Philip is just like, it's Jesus. And the amazing thing about this story is it has nothing to do with Philip. Philip did not have to plan out this amazing strategy, all these things he was going to do. All that Philip had to do was be willing and to obey and he didn't even have to know the whole the whole line of events he just had to go to the road and then when the spirit said go to the chariot he said okay i'll go to the chariot and god had it all set up that's living in the spirit when you come into a situation whether or not you have any amazing thing that you think you're going to do that day. You might be coming to church. You might be going to work. You might be going to school. You might be picking up some errands, um, picking up some groceries. You might just be on the phone. You might be sitting in your house. But guess what? God is at work in every corner of this universe. And his spirit is moving. And he lives inside of you. And so wherever you are at that exact moment, God has an agenda for you. It might be something really simple. It might not be something wild, but know that God has set something up. And the story just gets better and better. The man is so excited, he already knows about God, but he didn't really know about Jesus, and so he asked to be baptized, and he gets baptized. They go down into the water, Philip baptizes him, and here's the crazy part of the story, verse 39. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. It's easy to just kind of read things and skip over them, but try to get into the story. God tells Philip, go to the road. Okay, God says, go talk to the man. He talks to him, go to the chariot. He baptizes him. Imagine being the Ethiopian. He comes up out of the water, and this guy just... And Philip is like trans, whatever that's called, raptured, all the way to another town. So this first time, God told him the second time, he just finds himself he, all the way in this other town, and he just keeps going. He's like, all right, well, I love Jesus, so let's just keep talking about Jesus. It seems crazy, doesn't it? That's what the Holy Spirit was doing. This is the word of God. And if we were to think, if we were to use our logic in this story, I don't think I would want to operate the same way. Because think about it. First of all, Philip's in Jerusalem. Everything's going great. Something bad happens. He has to leave. He goes to Samaria. Things are going amazing. Oftentimes, God will choose a place of our greatest success and tell us now it's time for something different. God chose the time of his happiness, of his great success to say, I want you to go somewhere else. It happened again. He's just baptized a new believer. Maybe he wants to travel with him for three or four more hours, answer some questions, but God says, nope, (laughs) yep, you're in a great moment, but actually, nope, this is perfect. I want you right here. This is a totally different way of operating. And it reminds me a lot of Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. If you go back just one book from Acts to John, Acts to John, if you don't know the story in John chapter 3, Jesus is talking with a man who loves God a lot, but he doesn't really understand the gospel. And Jesus is talking about experiencing the gospel, being born again, and he talks about the spirit. And he tells him in verse 8, at John 3, verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. And that's exactly what this story illustrates. Philip's kind of like the wind. He, his trajectory doesn't make sense to a lot of us. If we were to sit down and ask him his five-year plan, his 10-year plan, he probably wouldn't know or would change. Philip's like the wind. He's here, he's there, then he's at Azotis because the spirit lives inside of him. And that's the experience that God is giving us today. What does that look like, what does that mean? What do we have to give up to experience that? I'm going to need a volunteer, and we're going to do a little thing here, so I'm just going to pull out um, a couple chairs from back here. And as I'm doing that, thank you for any help. I just need a volunteer who has ever ridden in a car. So anyone that has ever ridden in a car. Whoever wants to. Okay, I'm looking. I see one hand here. I saw another hand there. Okay, come on up. We'll have to get you next time. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome possum. Okay, what's your name? Avonlea. 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 Okay, Avonlea. Let me see how it's spelled. Avonlea, that's beautiful. Nice to meet you. Oh, hello, you're so matchy. Do you wanna come be part of our car? Okay, what's your name? Dariah. Dariah, awesome. Okay, so Avonlea and Dariah. When you, did you ride in a car today to come to church? Yes. Now, where did you sit in the car? I want you to pretend that this is where the steering wheel is, this is the passenger, this is the back seat. That's where you sat. Okay, is this accurate, parents? Did, did Avonlea drive the car here? No, okay, maybe a couple years. So that's where you sat. Now, here's the bigger question. Avonlea and Dariah, if you could choose now, don't worry about the, fa- the age that you are or the experience that you have, but if you could choose to be in any seat of this car and go somewhere, think about the different roles, whether the back seat, the passenger, the driver, which seat would you want to be in? Ah, okay. So Dariah, why would you like to be here? Yes, she said, because I've always wanted to drive. Yes, we're gonna come back to that. How about you, Avonlea? Uh, it's kind of tiring to drive, especially if you're on a road trip, like, uh, I Yes, yes, sometimes it's tiring to drive. So if you sit there, you can kind of put your seat back and you can go to sleep. Now, and how, I'm gonna ask all of you, how many of you, if you're on a road trip, would like to be back here? Show of hands. Here in the back seat, living it up, just chilling. You can stretch out a little bit. Okay, okay. Who would like to be in the passenger seat? Okay, we have a few more. Who likes to be in the driver's seat? Okay, I see some hands. How many of you would say, I am the primary driver for the most part of my home? We go places, I pretty much am the one. Yeah. It seems like families do that. That's so funny. I see hands going up and down. <laughs> you say, I'm the driver. Here's the funny thing. A lot of times I want to thank you both so much. Can we get them a hand? Great job. You can take a seat now. Thank you. Awesome job. Awesome job. Yeah. Go right down. Be careful. These steps are scary. That's why I wear flats. So a lot of times in our lives, and you might remember this from the week of prayer but it's always good to come back. We are driving the car of our lives and we meet Jesus. Wow, it's so exciting. Jesus, we love you so much. And what do we do? Jesus, I want you to come into my life. And so I want you to come sit right here in the back seat. That's a good spot for you, Jesus. And so we invite Jesus in and Jesus is so kind, right? And so he says, okay, let me come into your life. And we say, oh yeah. I'm driving this car. I'm driving this car with Jesus, and I'm a Christian, and I have a bumper sticker that says something about God, and oh, I just love God. Jesus is in the car. Oh, it's so great. But is that the best spot for Jesus? No. So then sometimes we say, wow, I've heard this expression, and we think about this in our spiritual walk Jesus is my co pilot. That takes some bravery all right, Jesus, Jesus, I want you to be my co-pilot. So we invite Jesus to sit right there. I ask you, is that the place for Jesus? Where does Jesus belong? When you believe the gospel, when you believe in Jesus and he comes into your life, you're a new person. And when you receive the gift of the Spirit, which by faith we have all received, Guess what? Everything has changed. We're not in the driver's seat anymore. Someone else is. And you can see that in this story. Who's in the driver's seat in Philip's story? Is it Philip? It's the spirit. The spirit is calling the shots turn left, turn right, stop, slow down, speed up. And Philip's just going with it. And that might seem a little bit scary to some of us that like to be here, right? In that place of control. What could happen? What could change if I wasn't there? Because when Jesus is in the driver's seat, honestly, I should be back here. Because if I'm here, oh, I could, I could take over. I think, I think you need to go a little faster. I think, oh, you missed a turn there, Jesus. Right? We, we think about this these, these ways sometimes. To have Jesus really be in the driver's seat? To have the spirit really telling me where to go? (gasps) What would that mean? What would that change? In my life, in my work, in my relationships, what would that look like? And sometimes we think about that and we can feel a little bit of fear because we don't like change. We've had enough of it in one year, right? We can go back to normal and stay there forever and don't make anything else happen, right? (laughs) But I want, I want to invite you to think back to where we've been over the last few weeks. We've been talking about living in the spirit. And we started out in Romans chapter eight, the first week. And in Romans chapter eight, we read that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but we've been given, we receive the spirit of sonship by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So the first week we learned that we are sons and daughters of God, that we have received the spirit of adoption, that's our highest identity. And then we kept going and we went back earlier on in Romans at the beginning that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So we're not only a son, we're not only a daughter, we are free in Christ. We live in freedom. And then last week we read just three chapters before that God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So we have received the spirit of love and now we live in love. When I know my identity as a daughter, as a child of God, when I know who my father is, when I recognize that I am free, that I don't have to prove anything, when I'm, that I'm free from sin, I'm not stuck in these patterns, when I realize how fully I am loved, how deeply and fully and perfectly, not based on anything that I have done, but based on what Jesus Christ has done for me, it is so safe, it is so safe to say, oh, yes, Jesus, you be right there, and I'm just going to be sitting back here Relaxing, because it is. I love what Avonlea said. Even being up here, it's tiring, and maybe we felt that sometimes. I'm trying to drive. I'm trying to get this all worked out, and it's really tiring. Whether or not it's working out, it gets long, it gets rough. How peaceful is it to be able to sit back here? Wow, be able to stretch out your legs, to be able to read a book listen to some music, maybe even take a nap. And that's the difference we can have in our relationship with Jesus. Think about it. It might seem silly, really, what? What are you saying? But that's what it is. A life with the spirit in the driver's seat with Jesus right there is so peaceful. It is so restful. It's freedom, it's love. And that's the life Jesus is inviting us into. As we come to a close, as we're finishing up our series, this is our invitation. Now that we know who we are and who our God is, now that we know that we're free, now that we know that we live in love because of the Holy Spirit, now we live sent. There is purpose in every place that I go, whether I'm sitting in my house, or I'm driving in my car, or I'm sitting in a class, I live sent. Because the living God is inside of your heart. The all-powerful God of the universe. And so wherever you go, there's an excitement. Jesus, what are you doing here? Maybe there's nothing wild. Maybe right then, it's just that you see a person. God is working in their life, so I'm going to pray for them right now. I'm sitting in traffic, and that's so beautiful. I see a son or a daughter of God beside me. And so, wow, I'm just going to pray for them. Lord, awaken them to the truth of who you are. Maybe I'm going through the grocery store. I live sent. And so, wow, I see people differently. I see that cashier differently. How are you? How's your day going? And I'm just ready, whatever God wants to do, because I believe and recognize that God has gone before me, that he's talking to that cashier, and he's loving on them, and he's pouring out his grace on them, and I just get to come in and be a part of that whether I'm at work, whether I see my neighbors, now with the Spirit inside of us, we live sent. And it's honestly just a matter of believing it because it's already there. You've received the gift of the Spirit. So believe it. Walk into life with faith walk into life with excitement, walk into life with anticipation, with expectation, with prayer. God, outdo yourself today. Surprise me by how you show up. I don't have to see the whole process, that's okay, because it's about you, it's not about me having a cool story. But God, you do something amazing, because his spirit is here, he's moving on this planet, and now we live sent. Let's pray together. We're going to have Pastor Jeremy lead us in a song about the Holy Spirit we talked about last week. And I invite you to continue to resonate on that as we sing this song. Jesus, thank you for sending me. Thank you for your spirit. And maybe ask him, where are you sending me right now?